Hello, Billy Reeves here and welcome to the latest K-Scope podcast. Thanks for your company. I hope you're well. Paul Draper, once of Manson, now of K-Scope, has released EP1, his first solo material since the dissolution of Manson. This is the opening track. Before we hear from Paul, this is called Feeling My Heart Run Slow.
the opening track from Paul Draper's EP1 out now on K-Scope. That's called Feeling My Heart Run Slow. Before we hear bits of the other three tracks, let's hear from the man himself. Paul very kindly offered me a cup of tea in his kitchen. Paul, thank you very much indeed for inviting me over. First question then is, after all this time, why did you decide to go with our friends at K-Scope? Well, I mean, I've been doing production work uh, I'm running my studio which was my passion for at that point six years and uh, Catherine who became the anchoress mm. was one of a few production projects that came my way and she is a very very busy self-contained musician she works yeah. with a lot of people she worked with Nitin Swahali uh, Jim Kerr on, on on a project called Dark Flowers. She worked with Ed Harcourt. Through a lot of the people she'd met, Jim um, just called her up one day and just said, "I really, I really like you. You're like a, uh, you know, have a a Welsh Lana Del Rey feel about you. <laughs> um, we'd really like you to come out on the road with us. We need another mm. member on the road of the band. We've always had other people on the road, and because you're a multi instrumentalist, you could play." And that really blew up, and uh, so Catherine became a very, very busy individual. So that took all, all of last year, and I think 90-odd gigs and living in hotels right across the world. And she finished in December, and we finally got the album out on K-Scope in January. So did Catherine introduce you to K-Scope then, or was it the other way around? No, I knew K-Scope because I had a email through from Johnny Wilkes. And he said, oh, there you are. We've been trying to find you for years. <laughs> and he said, um, can I come and meet you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he came over and he said, look, we've set up this label. It's a, um, and he talked to me about some of the albums he'd had out on it. And they'd released an album that I really loved by The Engineers, the last Engineers album. And I was like, oh, right, that's what you guys do. So I really understood what the label was. It was... Uh, I mean, sure, they get things in the charts and they sell a lot of records, but it was it was seemed like a home for real musicians. Mm. And they were like, you know, we drew up a list of people we'd like to find and who we could make an album with, someone who had one foot in our world and, mm. you know, one foot in other worlds, and you were near the top or at the top, yeah. and we'd be looking for you. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> So I went along and saw their um, offices, the West End, and um, understood what their record label was all about and got to know them and we hung out a bit. And then um, we we put out the first single by the Anchoress on mm. Two Pure Records, which is part yeah. of Beggar's Banquet. And to be honest, after that and after doing a few interviews on behalf of Catherine... Um, I had quite a few labels contact me. I, you know, I think for someone like me who'd been in a band like Manson many years ago, and then over the years Manson's become sort of a respected band after yeah, the first point. two albums, and um, I think there's a strong fan base there and a, mm. a certain type of record label. Not a record label's going to develop new young talent from the brick school, but certain record labels would certainly be interested in me, and I spoke to them all, and loads had good points... I came back hmm. to K-Scope and I just thought, 
this suits me. Yeah. So my understanding of that then is that you hadn't really thought about releasing a solo album no. until through Catherine, Johnny talks you into it. Would that be an extreme way of putting it? Yeah, um, yeah, like a simplified version yeah, of it. Wow. It never even entered my head to do a solo album. Oh. I had a lot of songs left over from Manson mm. and a lot of songs left over from a period when I left Manson. A lot of, if you take Manson to where you are now, there's been an absolutely massive sea change since, say, 2003, 2004, something like that. The, the industry has changed. Perhaps it's gone full circle. What do you think? Yeah, it's I think changed? it's gone full circle. I mean, you've got to remember at the height of the Britpop explosion, Catatonia would be number one one week, the Blue Tones mm. would be number one one week. Uh, Manson's quite a dark. Mm original thing you know it, it, um, it we just happened to be around in that Britpop yeah, point. era yeah, good point. I'm happy to say we were one of all yeah. that thing. it's like saying you're from the 60s and you're not a 60s yeah. band you know we were a yeah. 90s band yeah. but it ended in such a disaster so very quickly <laughs> you know there was um, <clears throat> some horrible things went on at the end there and I left and it took me a while to know what I wanted to do okay um, and during that period I worked with other people and that was an easier option to do I never ever thought I would do a solo album but um, the music was all still there mm-hmm. um, and so K-Scope sort of persuaded me to pull it out
what songs are part of the first Paul Draper solo album and if they're from all sorts of different periods how did you how are you going to bring it all together well I mean I think it's I'm going to use the good ones (laughs) (laughs) define good Paul Draper you know however (laughs) however saying that we uh, we started work on an EP Mm. uh, with an A side which we thought oh this is definitely going to go on the album um, and we started work on two B C two B sides, and you have to work harder on B sides because the songs aren't good enough. <laughs> and uh, we put so much work into these tracks. Everyone says they're better than the A sides now, yeah. but we had that a lot with Manson because we never yeah. did we, we did EPs. We wanted all the tracks on the EP to be great, and um, I don't think every single one of them was. But we got a lot of good tracks in there. <laughs> um, However, saying that, some of them are so half finished because I was working with Catherine, the anchoress. We just right. sat down and finished them off together. Right. Well, uh, with Catherine, help yeah, you. yeah. Who's yeah. playing then? Who's who is the who are the um, well, musicians? The first, well, the first single, I didn't want to get in drum involved with drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so the drummer who was playing on the anchoress album, John Barnett, he right, played yeah. drums for me. And because I wanted to produce the album. Um, and give it a live feel. Mm. Uh, on the recording sessions that we did at Hugh Padgham's studio at uh, Acton House, uh, I sat behind the control room and mm-hmm. uh, we brought in the bass player from the Anchoress as well. Okay. Uh, initially only to do guide bass, but he's stuck on it as well. Yeah. So uh, so he's <laughs> on. And then, and then I play the other bits, guitar, keyboards, pianos, you know, all, all the other bits. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so effectively it's me, but working with the rhythm section. How can, how can what can we expect from it now? If Catherine's involved and knowing your previous work, then what can we expect? I'm kind of imagining something pretty loud, and yeah, forthright. Think, yeah, I think the first single's quite loud and forthright. Yeah, and, and it's a little bit, little bit strung out. It has a bit of a crazy guitar solo in it. It has a chorus actually. Right which is quite unusual for me in the latter days of what I did, and has an interesting verse. It's, um, it's got a lot of electronic en- elements in it and a lot of rock elements. So what, has, what has influenced then? Because if you've been sort of like you know, living in your own world, living in your own space musically, does that mean you've kind of nothing has permeated from what's been going on in music from the outside, or has it? No, absolutely not. No, I'm a very keen listener to new music and new music styles, although I can't say our music is in the style of the modern pop music, because don't forget Manson was a pop group of its day as well, in the same way Radiohead were a pop music of its day at one point. Um, uh, But obviously Manson went off on a tangent on its second album, Mm. Six, and then we were reined in by the record company, for the third one, and then we tried to do one of our own, but the uh, I think the band's guitarist Dominic Chad had sacked me. Um, the so what uh, has influenced it then? If you would, if so, you what's are, influenced what what we're doing stylistically? I tell you, number one is the equipment we've been borrowed. Okay. We we ha- I have a big pool of equipment. As you can see, looking around yeah, me, there's beautiful. a a Moog Sub Thirty Seven yeah. there. Beautiful. I like synthesizers to be part wood. Yeah, if it's got wood in it, you know it's good. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I see. Note the Wurlitzer. We've got a Wurlitzer there, and then we've got a piano there, yeah. and, then, and then behind you over there, you've got a Korg MS Twenty. Oh yeah. 
people don't actually know that this is actually my kitchen. Right. <laughs> so, it's very uh, neatly. It's very neatly done. Well, it's a very difficult instrument to play. I think, well, from I mean, the keyboard's point of view. Yeah, it's an interesting mm. um, instrument. We've not managed to make it work on a track yet, actually. Yeah. I borrowed that off a friend. Um, but on the first EP, on K-Scope, mm. uh, there's me playing my dulcet tones on that rickety piano oh, there. This very piano. It's like a kind of school piano. What it is, it's uh, when I ran my production room in Acton, it was a very small room, so we bought it with a... Octave right. less. Oh, right. So they're quite yeah. sought after. Oh, right, really? But, the, but because it's not a steel frame, it's very hard to keep in tune. Right. But now I'm home. And that kind of inspires the songwriting then, depending on what yeah, you're playing yeah, on. Yeah, a little bit, maybe, yeah. yeah. So we've got that on a, uh, a track on the first EP of me, and that's a collaboration between me and Stephen Wilson. Of course, and yeah. um, Stephen, um, I've known Stephen for a while now, and, and he knows I really respect his work. and he did an article in Prog magazine where he said Manson was a really interesting band too with progressive elements in it and and was probably very misunderstood in the Britpop world, although mm. we did straddle both of them worlds, you know, because mm. I don't think we were either or, we were mm. just our own thing. Um, so yeah, that, that piano, that rickety old piano okay. appears yeah. on my collaboration with Steve Wilson. Um, we did it uh, remotely via the internet Mm-hmm. sending elements back and forward to each other and uh, I think we've written a killer song together oh. in fact I'm a bit worried now because every time I play it to people people say we like the other track rather than the what the uh, the single one that's going to the radio so you never know that but that will end up on the radio anyway I don't know it's so difficult to get well finally then are you going to be able to perform it live are there plans in your head to take it out and promote it live yes I mean we've had Streams of offers come in, you know. Right. We, I, yes, I'll def- definitely be out live. Right. How, why, and when, I don't know. But mm. we've been offered a flood of things, we've offered a lot of flood of festivals for this summer. Yeah. Um, I think they just weren't right for me yet. Mm. I think when we get it right and we get the album all packaged and all ready for everyone to see, I think we're just going to put it out. And okay. if it goes well, then we're going to announce some shows. But there'll be um, small shows, you know, three, four hundreds, um, probably half a dozen around the country where we'll perform the album. And we'll see how it goes, yeah.
Paul Draper. That's the Twilight Sads reimagining a feeling my heart runs slow. Before that, you heard The Silence is Deafening. And before that, No Ideas, the track on which Paul collaborated with Stephen Wilson. Paul described Stephen as, quote, a great bloke who orchestrated great parts of No Ideas. Together, we've written and crafted this track together, which has, I hope, a chunk of my dark sense of humour. Paul Draper then, EP1, out now. And of course, Paul, very much a part of the Anchoress album, which is out now on K-Scope. It's called Confessions of a Romance Novelist. And this is the new single from the Anchoress. This is called Doesn't Kill You. You can watch the video for this track on Gigwise's website or kscopemusic.com featuring Charlie Gilmore, the son of David Gilmore. This is the Anchoress, Doesn't Kill You. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger Unless I know been much procrastinator
The Anchoress Doesn't Kill You from the K-Scope album Confessions of a Romance Novelist. And the video of the single was directed by Annick Wolfers, who's previously worked with Vivian Westwood and Vogue in Italy, and narrates what Catherine Ann Davis, the lynch person of The Anchoress, describes as a metaphorical battle between the superego and the id. Features, as I said, Charlie Gilmore, son of David Gilmore, as her androgynous alter ego in this Bowie-inspired short film, styled by costume designer Natasha Laws. And you can see the anchoress and band on the 15th of June at Bush Hall in London, performing the album in its entirety. On the 9th of July, Catherine and band play the Eden Project in Cornwall, supporting the Manic Street Preachers on the 15th of July. She'll be at Latitude Festival in Suffolk, CCA in Glasgow on the 5th of August and the day after in Edinburgh at Summerhall on the 6th of August supporting Catherine Joseph. The Anchoress doesn't kill you. Now, The Pineapple Thief have premiered their first track from their new album, Your Wilderness. The Pineapple Thief's new album, Your Wilderness, is due for release on the 12th of August the 19th of August in France. Check this out. This is No Man's Land. This is the land that we earned Dressed in colours we were born But did I hold you close? And Lord only knows if you're happy now And Lord only knows where you are Look at me now in no man's land Waiting for the sun to return
The Pineapple Thief, from the forthcoming album Your Wilderness. That's entitled No Man's Land, and you can see The Pineapple Thief in Barcelona on the 1st of July at Be a Prog, my friend. And then there'll be a European tour later on in the year and some shows in North America. Now, No Sound are due to release some new music and they've put the album details on the Prog magazine website, teamrock.com forward slash prog and premiered the video for this track, Short Story, from the fifth album from No Sound, Scintilla, which is set for release via K-Scope on September the 2nd, featuring a guest appearance from our friend Vincent Kavanagh of Anathema. This is No Sound then, from the new album, the follow-up to Afterthoughts, a wholly new musical and visual approach inspired by personal upheaval and a desire for change. Let's check it then. This is No Sound, short story. <laughs> 